You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them Kim Trails in the sky. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and we have a really great show for y'all today on this Wellness Wednesday. Want to make sure that you guys are staying well. So in the building, our first guest today uh, is actually, you know, we're, we're getting a clip from Brian Callen. He couldn't be here in the show, but he is definitely still connected. And so we're going to be hearing from Brian later on um, after our quote of the day. And then after the break, I get to sit down with Rokia Jones from Tubman Center for Health and Freedom. So excited to talk to her about the Well Us survey. So very fitting for a Wellness Wednesday. I hope you guys are feeling well out there. I want to thank you guys for watching our show and all of the love that's pouring in uh, to support this new show right here on Converge Media in the Black Media Matter Studios. Of course, right now, it's always a great time at the top of the show to go ahead and tag and share this stream. You know, tag and share this stream with people that need that daily dose of dopeness. That is the tagline right here for the day with Trey as we are here Monday through Friday giving you guys amazing guests but also segments that we hope are inspiring to you all to see some of the work that's happening in the community for you to be connected plugged in, engaged and informed. So thank you guys again for watching. Um, we, We have a great quote of the day here today and I'll say this, this quote of the day segment is important because we have to remember all of the brilliance from our past. It is real. So this quote right here, thank you so much, Salman. It is up on the screen there. The cost of liberty is less than the price of repression from W.E.B. Du Bois. And I will say that this right here rings true to this very day. When we think about what liberation actually means, um, we're still in a in the black community, still pressing for so much liberation. And I'm excited to have Rokia on today because we're going to be talking about the liberation of our health care systems. Uh, you know, in the Pacific Northwest right now, we don't have any black owned, black operated um, health care, federally qualified health care centers. They're called FQHCs, which we actually don't have right now. Tubman Center for Health and Freedom is really working to remedy that. And, uh, you know, the thing for me is that when we see voids in our communities, we understand that it's also an opportunity to step up fill that void with some amazing, talented, skilled individuals that we do know exist within our healthcare systems and have created their own systems of healing. Um, one of the things that I know for me, you know, people always ask like, well, what do you do to, you know, heal yourself? What are you doing to work on yourself? And there are so many different things that I do. So I'll be diving into that with Rokia later on in the show. Um, you guys, I want you guys to hear what Brian Callanan has to say about what's coming up this week on Seattle News Views and Brews. Let's see what Brian had to say about all the things that they're going to be diving into this week. Hey, Trey, I'm sorry I can't be with you today in person, but I did want to make sure I checked in with you to talk about what's happening on Seattle News Views and Brews tonight at seven o'clock on Converge. 
I'm with my co-host, David Croman, a transportation reporter from the Seattle Times. And we are talking about a lot of topics out there. I wanted to focus on a few of them just to kind of break down for our viewers about exactly what's happening. There's one in particular that the Seattle City Council was able to tackle this week. And this is an agreement the city has reached with the Seattle Police Management Association. Now, this is one of two police unions that the city of Seattle deals with. This is the much smaller one that has captains and lieutenants in it. Spog, the other one that we're very familiar with, is the other one. So this is an interesting situation where the city has actually come to an agreement with one of the unions, the smaller union, but has not come to an agreement with more of the rank and file officers, this larger union. So what's this going to mean? Well, the last time around, when this agreement was hammered out between the city and its police units, the same type of thing happened. The SPMA actually had their agreement first, and Spog was a few months down the line, about six or seven months down the line. So I'm interested to see how this dynamic plays out. If this agreement with SPMA leads to some breakthroughs with SPOG in terms of how their contracts are put together, the city is saying this is the type of agreement with SPMA that could mean some really good things in the future. They're talking about a lot more accountability built into this agreement. So we'll see how that plays out with SPOG, but still a lot going on with that one. The other big issue that we're talking about at the city council level this week is talking about what's going on with sound transit. You may have seen some of these headlines in local papers, whatever else. The Seattle City Council's actually made a recommendation as to where they think the sound transit track should go with Sound Transit 3. So this is the connection here that'll go all the way from West Seattle out to Ballard, right? So the city is concerned about this and wants to make sure that specifically in the Chinatown ID, they would like to build something there to make sure the people in that area are served, but they're very concerned that they could have an impact on the communities of color that are there and actually everybody in terms of tearing up different streets. If the construction of this project turns into something that destroys the neighborhood, they don't want that. So there's a big discussion now of do you try to put this inside the gate of Chinatown, if you will, on Fifth Avenue there? That's a possibility, but that could have some big impacts, negative impacts on Chinatown. Or do you put it on the outside there on 4th Avenue, which is a major thoroughfare for everybody in Seattle to get into downtown? So the city is still trying to, uh, well, the city has figured out its recommendations uh, to the Sound Transit Board here. But the one they did not say was, okay, we're not going to make any sort of decision on Chinatown ID because it doesn't look like Sound Transit has really put in the work to reach out to communities here to get a lot of input on how this should work. So this one's going to be very, very interesting to look at. And it does have a number of City of Seattle connections because Council President Deborah Juarez and Mayor Bruce Harrell are on the Sound Transit Board. So they will have a voice in this. If you're concerned about this, reach out to your Council President, reach out to your Mayor here and talk about this because this is a big issue here because the Sound Transit Board is expecting to vote on its preferred alternatives, meaning where will these stations go, et cetera. They'll get that out of their committee by the middle of July. Then they'll have a final full board approval on July 28th. So there's a lot happening here within a short amount of time. You really need to get involved if you would like to check that out. There's another important story that we're talking about here, and you may have seen some headlines about this too. This is about the Seattle police investigating fewer sexual assault cases. This was reported by KUOW, the Seattle Times as well. This is a situation where it could very well be a function of the SPD having fewer officers to deploy. And when you think about the emphasis that the mayor has put on high visibility public safety issues or whatever else, there, you can see how police might be diverted to those rather than dealing with cases like this. So this is something that's been brought up 
The Seattle police are definitely pushing back on this, saying they're trying to triage the situation as best as they can, but they don't have as many officers as they had several years ago, of course. They've been losing a ton of them. So we're kind of looking at that debate there and trying to figure out how to respond or how the police should be responding here. Yes, they're trying to make sure that they're getting as many people out as they need to to deal with emergencies like public safety issues, fires or whatever else that happen around homeless encampments. That's why they say they respond to a lot of those. But they're also trying to respond to people who are dealing with these sexual assault cases. And there's a lot still to come with this one. I think the SPD still dealing with some backlash over this. And they'll be dealing with the city council, as a matter of fact, in terms of how they uh, get the funding that they get to try to get some more officers out there, potentially get some more trained to deal with these different sexual assault cases. So there's a lot going on with this. We have a ton happening on the show. And again, Trey, I'm sorry I can't be with you today, but I did want to make sure that people checked us out. Seattle News Views and Brews. It's happening tonight at seven here on Converge. I'll see you soon. Well, thanks so much, Brian. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to make sure that we're up to date on all the things you guys are covering tonight on Seattle News Views and Brews. You guys heard it right there tonight, 7 p.m. right here on Converge Media. One of the things that I think is so uh, crucial about, well, there's uh, everything he was talking about is super crucial, but it's just interesting. Um, uh, this past weekend, I was out at the park doing Qigong at Angle Lake, and I actually overheard people talking about uh, this story around a uh, few sexual assault cases being charged, uh, going, getting taken into court. And it's really interesting the ways that people respond to certain information once it hits the airwaves. Uh, you know, as he was just describing there, it's been on, you know, radio. People have been hearing about this. It's been in the news. So I think that there's a lot that needs to be explained in terms of the details of what it looks like. And also to his point, you know, why are they doing that? Is it because, you know, those cases, you know, are, are not as a high priority right now? Is it because we do have fewer police um, out there, you know, on the streets, um, you know, bringing people in for these kinds of charges? I mean, I think it's really interesting. And in the conversation I heard, it was almost like people were thinking we were becoming a lawless county, right? Uh, like, oh my God, you know, they're not even going to be getting anybody on the streets that is doing prostitution or, you know, these kind of sexual assault uh, charges, uh, rape cases. So now rapists are going to be running rampant. And I was just thinking to myself, man, they're probably, again, taking in information in bits and pieces and then mixing it with their own opinions. And this right here is really the ingredients for misinformation. Um, oftentimes we see that when there aren't enough details for everybody to understand, it, it, it takes on its own toll. So I'm glad that they're going to be diving into that tonight on Seattle News Views and Brews. And of course, you guys know these contracts have been something that we've been on here. I converge for a very long time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that get negotiated into contracts. So please check out Seattle News, Views and Brews tonight. So you guys can stay up to date on all the things that are happening. Real big shout out to, uh, you know, Brian and co-host David. I mean, this right here um, is a way to keep your finger on the pulse of all the things that are going on at City Hall.
All right, you guys, after this short break, I get to sit down with Rokia Jones from Tubman Center for Health and Freedom. We're going to be talking about their Well Us survey and all the things that they have learned from the communities and our families out there about how they're taking care of themselves. Stay tuned after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. As a non-binary Black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a Black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with Black folks, to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Vesa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faisa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm so excited because I get to sit down right now with Rokia Jones of Tubman Center for Health and Freedom. What's up, Rokia? Hey, thank you so much for having us today. Yeah. I appreciate you. Absolutely. You know what? Well, I saw you on, you guys went live with the yes. results and I was like, oh, Rokia. Yes. I was like, yes. I, I mean, I remember talking to you about all the things that you were doing in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so to see you at Tubman Center for Health and Freedom, I was like, oh, that's perfect right there. <laughs> that is a perfect placement. How has it been since you joined the team? Man, it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, I enjoy being in a team with folks looking like me, talk like me, think like me um and and really Tubman's goal is to build something for us right this is a this is a fubu moment it's for us by us um and I, I couldn't take away or I couldn't turn away the opportunity to work so directly with my community yeah. um and serving the black community in particular so I feel really grateful to be there well, I'm glad that you are because I know that it's already in you, right? Like that's something mm -hmm. that you've always cared about. So uh, this is really exciting because I remember talking to Ine, um, executive director over there at Tubman, and she was saying, look, we are going to launch this survey. We want to hear directly from our families. Uh, of course, our families in the black community, brown community, indigenous mm -hmm. communities. We want to hear from our, our people mm -hmm. about how they're taking care of themselves. Just yeah. tell us a bit about the reason for this survey and yeah. you know why Tubman said we really in order for us to craft solutions we need to hear from the people absolutely Tubman is committed to leaning into a community design um, so we can't build this without y'all um, and the goal for the well us study was was really to uplift and celebrate the ways in which community is already taking care of itself and the things that we're utilizing to attain and maintain our wellness. Mm. Um, and we know that those things are steeped in our resilience. It's how we've gotten here. It's how we continue to, um, to be and, and, and to be well. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, even for me, and as I was saying earlier, like I'm excited to dive into this with you because people ask me all the time. They're like, well, you're everywhere. Uh, you're so busy. You know, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you doing? You know, how are you dealing with your own self-care? Mm-hmm. It was also something I took into my podcast, um, you know, where I was just asking people before I get into how you're an equity change maker, uh, you know, my, my podcast, Equity Rising, I would say, look, Tell me how you're taking care of yourself. It was the one, the question that we asked everybody at the top of the podcast, but we got so many varying answers and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you guys really experienced the same. Tell us a bit about some of these results. This is true. Yeah. And so what we found is that 100% of our participants want and currently use what we refer to as CAM, which is complementary and alternative medicine, mm. right? Um, and so you talked about earlier, you were at the park doing Qigong, right? Yeah. Those are the types of things that community is utilizing. We're utilizing herbs. We found that um, majority of black participants were using vitamins for their wellness. And, and you know, I'm sure within the term vitamins are the number of supplements that folks often rely on. Um, we also found that I'll say the biggest finding was that insurance is not covering the type of care that our communities want and need. Right. And so we know a lot of the CAM, right, those complementary and alternative forms of medicine, which aren't really alternative. They're just the ways in which we are tapping into our ancestral medicine. We're tapping into our cultural medicine. Right. And and some of that is a cultural exchange of medicines, which we've always done as well. Um, and but insurance doesn't cover a lot of those things. It's really hard to access that. Um, about 46% of our black respondents quoted or they stated um, cost of care as a huge barrier to their wellness. And we know that while Medicaid or some of those other public forms of insurance are available to all and will cover some basic primary care. It's actually not covering the type of care that community says they want and need and are finding, you know, all these different ways to utilize. I I really appreciate you uh, basing it in the fact that it's not really like something new, you know what I mean? Like this is really tapping into that ancestry. And I agree with you hundred percent. It's something that um, is so important to me in my life and in the way that I choose to live mm-hmm. um, because we all have these choices, but I have really been able to educate myself over the last several years about some of the ways in which our ancestors lived, right? Mm-hmm. The first civilizations of mankind, mm-hmm. what it was really like. And so much of it for them, holistic approach to everything, mm-hmm. right? I think in our society right now, we get so, we've gotten so bogged down with, you know, nine to five jobs and, you know, we need money to live. Mm-hmm. Our ancient civilizations didn't have that, right? So for them, it was about, all right, how am I developing myself spiritually? How am I contributing to my community, right? This real village mentality which they had some amazing things that they were doing for health and wellness. And you're talking about some of these herbs and Mm -hmm. different things that people are doing. It's exciting to actually hear that that data is reflective of people taking advantage of these ancient techniques. We're still doing it. Wellness started in the soil. And it continues to be there for us. Um, And so having access to 
clean, healthy food. Um, you know, a lot of our communities, especially with the black community, we've become a migrant community. And so we're finding ourselves away from our community resources, away from each other, away from our community hubs. Um, and so really, um, it's it's been a, a fight to get back to those things to rebuild um and it's but it's so much in who we are it's it's ingrained in who we are and we continue to come to places like converge and have these conversations so that we have those plates where those points where we can tap in and connect with each other and and keep building on um that those ancestral practices so we can keep them alive yeah um you know we are a very oral uh, you know, our history is oral, our, so much of how we communicate and, and, um, maintain our practices is, is by the spoken word. Um, so us connecting with each other, you hosting this space is, is how we continue to keep those traditions alive. Yeah. You know, I, wow. That just gave me chills in terms <laughs> of like, you know, like that, that this show and, and what we do here, we always see it as a kind of a part of this larger ecosystem of amazing work happening in our community. But you're, you're so right that, you know, all of these spaces are necessary and they're really pieces of the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. To, to us, you know, being, um, you know, I, I guess uh, the, the liaisons for being the conduits for, yeah. you know, all of this resilience. And I, I always point to this wall because that's really what I'm feeling every time I'm here. Right. It's just it's, yeah. this is the energy. Um, so I love hearing that, that you guys were able to really receive those responses mm -hmm. from community. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you guys now want to do with all the information you guys have gathered. Yeah, you know, one other key finding before we move on was that we found that 91% of our respondents relied on friends and family to navigate the healthcare system. Wow. 46% of our respondents were utilizing doulas. Um, a large amount of our respondents were relying on community health workers, uh, public health workers, nurses, other folks doing work in the community, supporting each other and taking care of each other. And so that's what Tubman intends to uplift and continue to build off of. And we want to give it a home. So our goal is by 2025 to have a standing flagship clinic available to our community where we will also be including integrative medicine, right? So we'll have a place where you can meet with your primary care provider, meet with an MD, meet with an ND, meet with a mental health provider, right? You'll have all the space, meet with a Chinese medicine practitioner, right? We'll have all those things available in this space for our community. And um, our goal is to raise $80 million in order to make that happen. Wow. I I'm telling you right now, I, I, this is this is everything. Uh, and I, I'm so excited because I've been an advocate for Tubman since day one, right? Like it was one person, it was, then it was two people that has been, <laughs> right. It's been growing in this amazing organic way. But, but I will say this, you know, in the spirit of, you know, the Black Panther Party, right? Mm -hmm. Having healthcare facilities, seeing mm -hmm. Odessa Brown as, you know, uh, the space back then, you mm -hmm. know, um, Mm -hmm. when it was owned by us, uh, it yeah. was intentional. Mm -hmm. And the idea that Tubman is like, look, 
we understand that need now. We understand okay. the direct impact that mm -hmm. our community will have just mm -hmm. knowing that there is a space that's built for them mm -hmm. that will incorporate all of these things that people are already doing to take care of themselves, mm -hmm. to take care of their families. This for me is everything because yeah. you, you're so right. We need that brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. We need that place to come to. Mm -hmm. So. I'm sure that you guys are beginning people from all over the state, you know, coming because <laughs> it's, it's because it's going to be one of a kind. Yeah. So we are actually launching our satellite clinic at the Rainer Valley Leadership Academy. Um, we're already locking in our nurse practitioner. Um, and so we'll have our first little satellite work in there. Um, and we hope that that process will also continue to inform how we're building the flagship. And and we are going to continue uh, focus groups, design labs, listening sessions, visioning sessions so that we can continue to hear from community. Um, it's it's so important. We carry so much wisdom. And we want to we want to cultivate that for us to serve us for our benefit. Like you talked about, um, our historical black clinics are no longer owned by us. Um, and so while they're still serving the community, can we say they're serving the community? Well, you know, we have those yet to be seen. Right. <laughs> We're still finding that out. Um, but yeah, we, if folks wanted to learn more about the well us study, they can absolutely go to tubmanhealth.org. If you just want to find out more about the organization, go to tubmanhealth.org. You're looking to connect with us. We want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. We want to know what community wants. This well us study is just the beginning. Rokia, thank you so much for being here today. I my am pleasure. so inspired by this entire effort by Tubman. It is a huge feat. So no, no, I, I, yes. hey, 80 million seems like a small, like, like, uh, you, you guys are like, that's what we need. We know that's what we need. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right because it's yeah. going to, you know, it's going to be a world-class facility. And I'm just so grateful to see that you're on this amazing team. Shout out to you and your entire team at Tubman. Yes. Thank Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, we're looking forward to connecting again soon. Absolutely. All right. Hey, anytime on the day with Trey, y'all let me know <laughs> we got updates. We'll make sure that the community is aware. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Right. Oh my goodness, you guys, I'm telling you straight chills for me because the inspiration is flowing so effortlessly here. Just hearing about what Tubman is doing. And I hope you guys are inspired. Of course, we're going to wrap up the show after this short break. You guys stay tuned you're watching the day with trey welcome back everybody to the day with trey what an amazing show today shout out to brian callanan for making sure we got a clip about what's going on tonight 7 p.m right here on converge media for seattle news views and brews also shout out to rokia jones representing tebman center for health and freedom very well i'll say this because it's it's so exciting to me you know i am somebody who uses cam as she was just talking about there right like these alternative ways Ways of, of, of medicine, these alternative methods. I uh, understand them as being essential to my being, but it's also something as a mother where I want to make it normal for my children to see these alternative ways, which really are ancestral ways, um, as Rokia mentioned there. And I'm so excited because Tubman is really leading the charge on how they're going to tackle bringing all of these amazing techniques and approaches to our healthcare 
and our wellness into spaces. So shout out to RVLA for that partnership so that Tubman can actually start their satellite clinic. This is all the way on point for me. I mean, we have uh, talked about RVLA here on Converge Media several times. You know, they are doing decolonized education pedagogy uh, for their school, but also they are doing uh, these essential partnerships in community to bring all of these resources, not just into that school, but for those families. But it's also open for folks. So make sure you guys check out TubmanHealth.org so you guys can learn more about all the great things they have going on. And Rokia actually set it up really nicely for tomorrow. We have Haru Hills. He'll be in the building. Haru Chayez Amen. We'll be talking about some of these alternative ancestral approaches to uh, health and wellness. And he'll be coming on recurringly because I understand that this is really important. We need to break down some of the um, barriers to understanding of these methods so that we can begin to reclaim them as our own and really bring them into our households. I mean, these are some of the best ways that we can care for ourselves, particularly in this day and age when there's already so many other things going on. We talk about COVID here all the time. We talk about, you know, people dying of diabetes and, and, you know, heart disease and, you know, cancers and all these stress related illnesses. So there's ways that our ancestors knew how to deal with all of that. And I'm happy that this platform can help to bring out some of those techniques and approaches and strategies so you all can get really familiar with them and begin to incorporate them safely into your healthcare routine. I'm looking forward to being with y'all tomorrow. And of course, for me, I'm also inspired by what Tubman is doing. I want you guys to be inspired too. Clearly, you know, folks are seeing these voids and they are filling them by preparing all of us in the community for amazing solutions hitting the ground that are showcasing, you know, exactly why we all need to be a part of the solutions out there. Be inspired and see yourself as a part of the solution, y'all. Until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.